How come they didn't have no Michigan J Frog in the, in the Space Jam? Because they had to have Pennywise the Clown. Do you want to talk about Space Jam on this I episode? I feel like we need to talk about Space Jam. <laughs> we need to talk about Space Jam. You know that, that movie about that horrible kid, we need to talk about Space Jam? Yes. Uh, that kid was terrible. Shot up his school with a bow and arrow and then jammed. Come on and commit a crime and then do the time. <laughs> Come on and kill if you're in a school. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, you want to warm up? Come on and get up. It's time to warm up. <laughs> we got some students dying now in the oh gymnasium. Get, well, get off this theme. <laughs> Take a chance. Do your dance. Don't die, students. All right. Columbine was a crime. It's a space jam. All right, all right. (laughs) We interrupt this insensitive bit that for some reason mixes the space jam song by Quad Cities DJ with school shootings to bring you an important zero credits public service announcement or a ZCPCPSA. Get fucking vaccinated, it's you dicks! Hard. It's free! <laughs> it's free! It you doesn't s- cost any money! You sound like a Rick and Morty character. <laughs> it's free! It's free! We now return you to your regularly scheduled content of Checks Notes, the same insensitive bit where John mixes the Space Jam song by Quad Cities DJ with the topic of school shooting. Why do you listen to this? Come on and dash. If you are the Flash, your Ezra Miller actor plays the Flash. Everybody get up. It's time to kill now. Your fellow students go. Oh my god, stop. Okay. It's what the movie's about. No, it isn't. Not even remotely. They're never in a school. And we need to talk about Kevin? No, Space Jam. <laughs> no, we need to talk about... Okay, I'll talk about something else from We Need to Talk About Kevin. Oh, God. Everybody get up. It's time to slam now. He killed John C. Riley with an arrow. Welcome to the Space Jam. It's a good movie. Okay. Tilda Swinton? Sure. Credits tight hour. I'm Henry. And I'm Crunched for Time, John. And together we're Henry and Crunched for Time, John, coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that their zeitgeist. 
on Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. I said tight hour at the top, but man, our intro just keeps going. We're going to have an all intro episode, but let me crack a cold bevy first. Oh, we're doing that? Hold on. Let me lift millionaire to crack open my beer. You have to lift a millionaire? Molinaire. You have to lift a Peter Molyneux, creator of Black and White and Fable. I thought that guy's name was Stephen Molyneux, or Stephen Molyneux. You're right. Okay. Because there is a Peter Molyneux, but he's the guy who has the bad takes about (laughs) about Taylor Swift's eggs. Yes, there's bad. (laughs) Of the two, you have two Molyneux inside of you. Uh, One is a well-meaning but misguided game director, and one has bad takes about eggs. Specifically Taylor Swift's. Specifically Taylor Swift's eggs. Because, like, uh, he, he tweeted a, another thing about, like, Taylor Swift and being a mom. And it's like, dude, hop off. Yeah, just please. Uh, Peter, Steven, whichever one is the bad egg guy, uh, he has the problem that a lot of arch conservatives have, which is too horny on Maine. Right. Well, it's, it's I think, look, this country was founded by fucking Puritans who are, like, the most staunchly repressed religious folk ever and they've been seeping into all of our societies raising up the roof beams to to sneak in and become very powerful members of our society but the side effect is with the advent of the internet now we can all see how exactly repressed they are I mean, it's it's real sad because you get to see like visual representations of this through people like Ben Garrison, who, in addition to totally missing the point of Don Quixote multiple times, <laughs> uh, at least four times, not only does he keep making the same joke, but he makes the same joke completely missing the point of Don right. Quixote in its entirety. Yeah, tilting at, tilting at windmills is not supposed to be a heroic thing. Oh, did you see that Twitter thread where he was like, I'm inverting it. How do <laughs> the, inver- the windmills are real in this instance. Or the, the windmills are the are the enemy, are the giants in they this are, instance. Yeah, they are the giants. Yeah, it's like, you know that very classical literature interpretation that's not an interpretation because it's literally just a plot summary? I'm inverting the plot. <laughs> I've inverted the three musketeers die. <laughs> Uh, in in my version, in my comic of the Three Musketeers, yeah. but it's it's dumb, and Ben Garrison uh, makes uh, dumb things and doesn't understand the point of things, but also very horny. Right, exactly, yeah. And they're horny for everybody. Very horny for Donald Trump. Clearly, there's a lot of like sexual desire for Donald Trump uh, seeping through Ben Garrison's uh, creations, but also uh really horny for people like AOC just all over the place oh yeah no the AOC thirst is out of control listen people i don't want to get too into this it's just clear that there's a there's a rich and unenjoyable interiority to some of these people yeah they, they don't have much sleeves to hide their emotions under uh no they they do not I inverted uh, the uh, wearing your emotions on your sleeve. I see, I see what you did there. You're a real Ben Garrison. Oh, no, I'm a Gin Barrison. <laughs> Gin Barrison. I'm inverting his name. <laughs> you can invert any, you can make any point you want as long as you say that you're inverting something. So, you know those three musketeers? 
The candy bar or the people? The people. Okay. <laughs> yes. I'm going to invert them. There's going to be 3,000 of them and they're all going to be selfish. Yes, 3,000 selfish musketeers. I'm inverting it. I'm inverting it. I know more about Cervantes than you. Or in I've this re- case, Dumas, I suppose. Yeah. I've read part of Don Quixote. It is a filthy, disgusting book. It's, uh, it's, uh... Don Quixote is, uh, it's good. You sh- when people crack that book open, you know what should happen? Oh. It should just fart, because of the amount of fart jokes in that <laughs> book. <laughs> this is what people don't, this, okay, I know we had an agreement when they started the podcast that I wasn't going to get on my Don Quixote high <laughs> horse. You weren't going to tilt at the Don Quixote windmills. But I'm going to tilt. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Tilton. Don Quixote is a good book, but what people don't realize, you know when you pick up a copy of Don Quixote, you know what you're reading? Like bar humor. You're reading a trade paperback of comic books. Don Quixote was like dozens of small books that were distributed amongst the right. working classes. And right. then it was compiled in the book. It's it's humor and action and reason, like easily understandable parable for average people don quixote is great yeah it's just also full of fart jokes hey listen try to come back to me with canterbury tales oh that's full of that one of those tales is the longest fart joke i think ever told <laughs> every piece every good piece of classic fiction has at least one good fart joke in it yep oh man literature why do we study it why indeed i am drinking as a matter of fact speaking of the study of literature Uno, a White Claw Hard Seltzer Pineapple Flavor, 100 calories, 5% alcohol by volume, gluten-free, spiked sparkling water with a hint of uh, pineapple, and boy, it certainly tastes like a White Claw. I think I had one of those at your house this past weekend, um, and I say I think because uh, I don't remember what I drank that night. There was a, a lot going on. I drank more than I thought I did in a shorter period of time than I thought I did. However, I will come to White Claw's defense and say that in a crowded field of hard seltzers, White Claw's kind of one of the best and the first. I mean, White Claw pre- tastes fine. They're pretty heavy, too. Like, it's 5% by volume. Yeah, I mean, 5% for, what, 100 calories? That's yeah. dieting smart. Sure it is, yeah, of course. I, of course, am drinking uh, some 512 Pecan Porters uh, that I was hoarding because I was afraid I would never be able to find it again. But then it turns out shit's everywhere. <laughs> nice. At least you're enjoying a, a nice 512 Pecan Porter, a fine beer, yeah. if I recall correctly. Yeah, I'm cutting down my drinking just a tiny bit because uh, I've now gotten the hangover science down to a science, and that's kind of scary. Oh no! What's your strat? Okay, here's my strat, and it, it all like if normally if I need to employ this strat, it's because I can't remember what I've drank. So before I go to sleep, uh, you drink water, maybe drink an entire bottle of Gatorade. Uh huh. T- take a Pepto Bismol before you go to sleep. Oh, smart! When you wake up, immediately take another Pepto Bismol and then Advil, and then just keep pounding water or liquids. And for every every sort of function your body does, you you replace that like liquid. 
just every, every bodily process that happens, just just pour more liquid in, and then you're pretty much fine. Just liquid as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Alcohol dries you out. A lot of hangover is just acute dehydration. Right. But this also, it addresses the nausea. It addresses the headache. And uh, hopefully it it addresses the harm that you're doing your body. Anyway, that's scary. So I'm trying to cut down my drinking just a tad. Yeah, I think when uh, I know that in college, I definitely had my hangover strategies. Uh, and when you're employing those bad boys two or three times a week, it's probably a good idea to uh, curtail your consumption of poison. Yeah, mine mine is twice a month. Like if I get to twice a month, it's like, all right, warning, warning flag is going up. <laughs> yeah, warning flag on the play, uh, curtail a little bit. I get now in my advanced age of 32, I think I get three... Three to four periods during the year where I get drunk enough to have a seriously bad hangover, which means it takes about three months or so for me to forget what a horrible experience that is. Right. And then I'm like, I'm having fun. And then, I don't know, everyone jokes about it, but hangovers are very different when you're older than 30. Oh, no. Yeah. Even at 30, even at 29, my hangovers were hitting a lot harder. It was like my first sign. Like, okay. Uh, this 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 youth thing is not forever. Yeah, nothing will age you like the progression of hangover severity. In my early 20s uh, and in my teens, unfortunately, hangovers were just like a sparkling headache. Uh, you oh, would, no. You would I, just get like a fun little sparkly headache if you got blackout yeah. drunk. You're like, this sucks. You know, I lost three or four hours of my morning. But if I get really hungover now, I'll be sick for two days. Right. Yeah, no. So I started drinking late in life, uh, relatively. I started drinking at like 23. And I, I, you know, I didn't go hard or anything. But on nights where I'm like, oh, wow, we really, we really, you know, we really drank a lot. I would wake up the next day. I'm like, I feel fine. This is great. Hang on. They don't exist. I dodged them all. I left them all in my teens. And now that I'm older, it's like, no, they've come home to roost. <laughs> they, uh, they just didn't see you. They, you passed 21 and they're like, hmm, guess this guy's never going to drink. And the hangover ring wraiths just kept going. Right. And then I eventually the they spotted on. you. Yeah, I put the ring on too much. It's a shame when that happens. Uh, but is. But now I, uh, I try, I don't know, alcohol's a poison. I say this enough, but I'll never stop because it's delicious. It's so yummy. If they made water taste good... <laughs> I mean, you know, you and I are on the same page. When we could be drinking water, we're drinking alcohol because water tastes bad. Exactly. Yeah. So after a run, I pound a beer. When my lips are a little dry at work, it's vodka. (laughs) When I need to, you know, let's say I've been biking for a while. I've worked up a good sweat. Just hop in the shower and pour a 12-pack of Red Stripe on myself. Exactly. Uh, You know, toilet's a little low. Crack open a couple of Bud Light, pour them straight down into the toilet. Into the toilet. Helps it all go down. I've cut off the water to my house. (laughs) Why would we use water? It tastes bad. Sometimes they have a boil water notice. You don't have to boil something that already has alcohol in it. It's true. Uh, On a more real note, so last week I had to cut out my drinking because of medical reasons. Um, I'm dying. 
and uh, I started watching a new show called The Flight Attendant on HBO Max. And uh, that was a mistake <laughs> because I, I don't know why, but when I can't drink and I see other people drinking, there's like this weird electrical impulse in my brain. It's like, man, I could really go for a drink right now. Oh, it is 100% real. The, the worst experience is right after lockdown started. I not right after maybe two months after here's what I did. Uh, and I've maybe told the story before, but when lockdown started, I was like, well, this is shitty. We're going to be stuck inside forever. So I might as well buy a fifth of like a bourbon. I really like. So I bought some monkey shoulder and it's great. And, uh, then less than a month later, I noticed I was taking shots at, I don't know, noon on a Wednesday. <laughs> uh, and I realized that this is a problem and that I cannot drink brown liquor or liquor really of any description uh during the most stressful horrible time of my life where i will right. become a, a for real alcoholic and then we started watching mad men oh, and man. all they do is drink delicious sparkling swirly glasses of brown liquor on mad men it's I impossible was, to not yeah. want to drink i was just thinking like i, I mentioned the flight attendant but it's like the mad men is all, i i watched half of that show and I had to stop watching it because they made drinking look so good. <laughs> yeah, it's because I I don't blame anyone for wanting to reach a Don Draper level in life where you can, at charitably, 2 p.m., pour yourself four fingers of scotch, drink it in a couple minutes, leave work, go to a matinee, and then sleep for the rest of the day, and then show up at a board meeting and uh, blow people's dicks off with a presentation of a projector. Yeah, no. Uh, every I want to live the Don Draper life of knowing when I need to take a nap on a couch, drink half a bottle of whiskey, and catch a matinee. I yeah, absolutely. Like uh, th there's this prominent feature of television offices where it's just the little bar cart by the window yes where you know the, the villain of the piece is pontificating or room roomificating that's not the word uh ruminating on their evil plan and as they're saying it like they're getting the glass out and there's there's some ice and then they pour themselves some brown liquid and then they sip from it and they turn and they're like well does that all make sense and it's like what job do I need to get to be able to have the bar card in the office? Yeah, what do I need to be able to have a full bar? And I think the answer is to be a, a high-powered executive from 1965. Right. Or one today. They're all on coke. No one... Uh, I swear we'll talk about real stuff eventually. No, we no, won't. No one right now, there is not a show on television, and I'd like to make one, uh, but there is not a show on television where some like evil tech executive is explaining his plan, and then he walks over to the office kegerator that has IPAs in it, and he just <laughs> fills up like a stormtrooper mug with uh with a 7% ABV IPA and then turns back to the person and sips it that's not happening right um as much as hipsters got made fun of for like the 10 years that we made fun of hipsters no one capitalized on it to make like an actual hipster villain who did who would do exactly what you just said 
Yeah, I think the problem with with hipsterism in general is, for the most part, people didn't get it. However, most people get it now because hipsters won, and we are all hipsters. We're all hipsters now. All of my friends drink IPAs. We all want to work at tech companies or currently work at tech companies. Uh, Everyone's a hipster now. Yeah, it turns out they weren't the villain. They were the next step of evolution. (laughs) Yes, they knew what was real when we didn't know what was real. We were still drinking porters and trying to work for law firms wait i I drink porters now oh well that's fine but you have turned me on to a a nice uh a nice uh citrusy ipa that's that was actually very good thank you for letting me have two of forcing me to drink two of them you're welcome uh i i grabbed a white claw from the fridge and came out and you're like i bought the the citrus ipa for you I did. I specifically bought the <laughs> Citrus Slice by Community Beer Company out of Houston, Texas. A great citrusy, juicy IPA at an affordable price. Uh, find it at your local HEB, Publix, King Supers, or Food Max. Wait, are you paid by, by Big Community Brewer? No, not at all. I just oh. enjoy their delicious uh, beer products. You gotta, you gotta cut me in on this action. Yeah, it's not much. They paid me in one six-pack of citrus slice, and you drank a third of it. You told me to. They made me. You made me. They made you, by extension. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. That's crazy. All right. Let's move on to some real topics. We've got a whole truckload of them for you today. Yes, it's a busy, busy news cycle. Oh man, uh, they got so, so much, much, just so, so much. much, just so much going on. We got billionaires going to space. Billionaires going to space. I was actually going to ask you uh, when you were uh, when you were opening your beer. I asked you if you were lifting up a millionaire, and uh, the the Blue Origin spaceship rocket lifted up a series of millionaires, or I, I guess uh, billionaires for a thrilling eleven minute flight uh past the genuinely forgetting the von Karman line Karman line yeah the mason mason dixon line yeah the mason dixon line of space which is a test which is of course the line at which earth's atmosphere becomes space and much like the mason dixon line anything north of that line doesn't believe in slavery everything south of it does which unfortunately is all of earth Right. Uh, as yes. evidenced by the fact that the people we sent into space uh, were billionaires uh, who are basically slave owners uh, by, a, by a certain description. Uh, Twitter was certainly a tweeting for those 11 exciting minutes where Jeffrey Bezos was no longer on this earth, tweeting out such very hilarious jokes like, quick, Amazon workers, take a bathroom break, and, and similar, similar jokes of that ilk. Yeah, it was a uh, it was an interesting flight and an interesting time. Uh, I think something that I would like to discuss, and I think a similar thing was brought up on Twitter, is the crew of the totally autonomous a new Shepard uh, launch as part of Blue Origin. Uh, on the new Shepard where Jeff Bezos, his brother, I don't give a fuck what his name is, Matthew, <laughs> Michael Bezos, whatever. Um, Michael or Matthew, also don't know the first name, Damon, Demon, 
the son of a Dutch billionaire uh, private equity investor uh, who just finished high school and his father bought him probably a $28 million ticket uh, to sit next to uh, two bald men <laughs> in, a, in a craft for 11 minutes. And then, unfortunately, also on the craft was one Wally Funk, uh, an incredibly accomplished uh, female pilot who was part of the Mercury 13 program in the 60s to send women to space, but was ultimately scrapped due to sexism, uh, was also aboard the flight. Unfortunately, since Wally Funk was on the flight, we couldn't openly hope that mm. the uh, that the craft oh. would explode on takeoff. Oh, that's why they did it. You know that, right? They had to have put an 82-year-old woman who was, who was denied her dream of going to space on just right. so if, if a craft blew up with Jeff Bezos, whoever the fuck his brother is, and uh, some spoiled rich Dutch kid blew up, that Twitter wouldn't celebrate too much. Right now, so what what happened was, I believe Blue Origin has a car medic accountant who ran the numbers and and only saw doom if they went up alone. But then they saw the great deficit uh, that happened with the closing of that that Mercury sixteen program, Mercury thirteen, I Mercury believe, or 13. Mercury twelve, I forget. Uh, yeah, the closing of that program, and they're like, oh, one surviving member fit enough to go into space this time because it's all autonomous. If we include her, the karmetic balance then equals out, and it, then it's just a coin flip. Yeah, it's now it just goes to fate instead of uh, the the natural justice of the universe. Right. Uh, so, you know, that, that karmetic accountant which is, uh, that's a concept I just coined, but man, that, that's really cool. And I want to like put that into a story. <laughs> but, uh, you gotta. Uh, yeah, they, they are definitely earning their paycheck. I gotta say, it's, uh, I, I've never heard of Wally Funk before this. I'd love to pretend, as so many people have at this point, that I do know who Wally Funk was before. Uh, Wally Funk might as well have been made up in terms of how perfect she was as a candidate for this mission uh, to give it like a humanitarian air, oh, considering no. uh, this whole endeavor cost billions of dollars that could have uh, fed millions upon millions of children for months, if not years, could have solved a lot of major problems with uh, what it took to give uh, Jeff Bezos an 11 minute piece of space tourism. Uh, but I'm glad that Wally Funk got to enjoy it. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty great. Um, oh, and by the way, Wally Funk had the most incredible like post landing interview. She was like, it was so great. It was uh, very dark up there. I thought I'd be able to see the earth, but then I realized that the craft just can't go that high. And uh, overall, a pretty good trip. I wish it would have done more flips and stuff. <laughs> I love it. An 82-year-old astronaut. <laughs> like a, an ex-ace yeah. fighter pilot is like, I wish th- I wish it had done more flips and turns and been more interesting. But, yeah, you know, I, I, it was neat. I wish this billion-dollar endeavor was more exciting. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I appreciate that she negged its, uh, it, how boring it was and how little there was to see. So, wait, one thing I didn't consider, because I thought at least – Hopefully, maybe these fucking billionaires would get the blue marble effect, you know, the the new perspective of Earth that astronauts purportedly got from seeing the Earth from the moon or from the space station. 
They're not even getting that high up. <laughs> no. So, uh, in fact, Richard Branson, whose craft, I don't care, uh, was launched last week. It's called the, the USS Unity. Ah, uh, the USS Unity. V- VSS, sorry. Version Spaceship Unity. That makes sense. Uh, the VSS Unity, uh, it only reached 50-something miles above the surface, uh, which is well below the Von Karman line. Uh, so really, you just saw like some nice horizon, probably. And for this craft, probably the exact same thing happened. Right. Uh, you have to be like hundreds and hundreds of miles outside of the Earth's atmosphere to be able to see Earth. I don't get what the point of these little jaunts up to quote space unquote is because like we've escaped, we've escaped Earth's atmosphere before we've been to the moon. Why are these billionaires wasting so much time and money to retread steps we already did? I mean, I I think that if you wanted an equitable explanation to it is that Uh, The space program, uh, during its inception and eventual execution from the 50s through the 70s, that was the most powerful entities on Earth proving what they were capable of. Uh, In this case, it was primarily the United States and Russia. Uh, And you could say the same thing is happening here, where uh, our governments, unfortunately, have been supplanted by billionaires. uh, So the billionaires are just showing what they're capable of doing. But, like, meanwhile, Elon Musk's SpaceX has been doing regular space missions for the past couple of months. Like, I, I think it also comes down to the fact that both uh, Blue Origin under Jeff Bezos and uh, Virgin Galactic, Virgin Galactic uh, both intend to be space tourism companies, whereas okay. SpaceX, to the best of my understanding, is supposed to be like a like a FedEx for space exploration, like a private right. entity that's used for exploration of space and can be used by governments like the United States, whereas okay. Virgin Galactic and Blue Origin are supposed to do long, swooping, parabolic, uh, geo-asynchronous flights for people to like give them the experience of space. They're not actually supposed to be like space exploration craft. Well, that sounds very dumb. I here's the thing. I love space. Anyone who knows me knows that I love space. I don't give a shit about spending millions of dollars to just be in a super plane uh, because you're still on Earth, like even past the Van Carmen line, Von Carmen line, if that's even what it's called. I need to look this up. even past that line, you're still impacted by Earth's gravitational forces, I believe. You're not really in space. You're in a parabolic flight path. Maybe you're... I don't even know that you could be in orbit at that point. Right. Maybe like a rapidly degrading orbit. Obviously, gravity's less powerful up there. I don't know. It's like playing Kerbal Space Program and then <laughs> yes. like getting really excited when the little thing ticks over in your instruments and you're in the atmosphere and then you just fall back to Earth. You didn't accomplish anything. Right. You got to go to Kerbis or whatever. Yeah, you got to do the math because that, that's a totally like accurate simulation for, uh, for space, for, yeah, space travel. 
I spent about four months of my life dedicated to Kerbal Space Program. I went to all those damn planets. I played for about an hour, crashed so hard that the game crashed too, and said, I got my money's worth, bye. <laughs> I learned about Apogee, Apoapsis, or Perigee, oh, Periapsis. Oh, that's I, the different parts of the different cycles of the moon. It's a lot of stuff you have to learn. Yeah. Wow. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. All this money dedicated to tourism, which I guess has a more immediate, like a capital return on investment because people are going to be buying tickets. Other millionaires are going to be lining up to be like, oh, I was the 55th millionaire to go to space. Herp, herp. When like the real money is in fucking go mine an, an asteroid. Like, Come on. Yeah, I mean, the real money's in waiting for the water to run out on Earth and then mining asteroids for their ice. The Expanse. Right, exactly. Yeah. Or I mean, Futurama. Futurama. Uh, you know, it's a it's a well-trod territory as far as science fiction goes. Uh, I think space tourism is dumb. Like I yeah. said, I love space, but I think it's very silly and it's just a way for people to uh, flaunt their money. Not to say that Jeff Bezos and once again, whoever the fuck his brother is, and uh, this spoiled Dutch billionaire's son, uh, not to say that they're undeserving of the majesty of space. Right. Um, but man, what a, Do what, you... <laughs> what a great indicator of where we are socioeconomically that our billionaires are just like for fun going into space and right. we're left to toil on Earth. We're a minimum wage job working 40 hours a week. Officially, as of a month ago, cannot afford an apartment in any city in America. Yep. Yeah. I, I read that article too. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, the This minimum wage, which is supposed to be like I think the <laughs> was supposed to be like it's minimum because you can at least still live on it. Uh, no one can live on it anymore. It's great. It's wonderful. The greatest country in the world. Greatest country in the world. Send our billionaires to space. I'm just saying these craft blow up all the time. Uh, to quote Elizabeth Warren, uh, Jeff Bezos forgot to thank all the hardworking Americans who actually paid taxes after his space flight. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I wish he had stayed up there in one capacity or another. I mean, uh, there was a there was a petition <laughs> going around <laughs> to 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 exile him while he was to to not allow him to come down from space. That'd be great. I would love for him to stay up there. Though yeah. someone else is in charge of Amazon, he stepped down. Uh, yeah, it's but true. for his crimes, he should be punished to live in space forever. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I, I have to speculate this this rich, uh, spoiled brat of a Dutch guy. Do you think his dad was like, "This is your chance. You got you got Jeff Bezos's ear. You know, pitch him your stuff." And the entire time, like this poor kid is trying to pitch him his stuff, and no one can hear a thing because of how loud rockets are. <laughs> oh, I think. Uh... Knowing that this dude's dad is like a private equity investor who is worth uh, like billions of dollars, without a doubt, he attacked this with like small business owner, uh, like billionaire mentality and wanted his son to be like, I have a cryptocurrency that's based on the price of a hamburger. <laughs> burger coin. <laughs> Do you want to invest in burger coin? 
Uh, no, absolutely. Uh, those those people don't think they have any bad ideas, and I'm sure this was viewed as a networking event. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, oh, did you get his number? It's like, what? I can't hear you. Rockets are very loud. And not to give Jeff Bezos any credit because he deserves none, but wouldn't it be funny if they landed and then this poor son of a Dutch billionaire was like trying to like catch Jeff Bezos's heels to explain some idea to him. And Jeff Bezos was like, can someone get this peasant away from me? (laughs) Okay. They go up for 11 minutes and come back down. They parachute down and the capsule opens up and Jeff Bezos rushes out. They're like, we had to eat the kid. (laughs) (laughs) You don't don't understand. You don't know what it's like up there. You don't know what it's like. I'm sorry. I I apologize. We had to eat the kid. (laughs) We ate the kid. He knew the risks. He sat down next to me and I said, I'm going to eat you. He He seemed to understand. (laughs) Jeff Bezos plagued by space madness. (laughs) Look, we made him sign a waiver that said, Jeff Bezos will eat you. But we put put a post-it note over the word will and wrote in May. (laughs) I just imagine. It's like the, the moment in Interstellar where they go back to the ship after being on that tidal wave planet. And like 30 years have passed and the guy they left behind is like, I waited years. They go up and age thousands of years and come down 11 minutes later. And it's just an old and feeble Jeff Bezos hunched over the body of his brother. Incredible. Would have been better than what happened. Parody. Really, the universe had an opportunity. All eyes were on the richest man in existence it could have been a real, real moment for the universe to say, like, don't be too fucking greedy now. Uh, absolutely. I will say for people out there who are precious about their socials, apparently social media platforms take jokes about this stuff weirdly seriously right now. Oh, really? Uh, which is a which is a shame because it's very funny to imagine that spaceship blowing up as a comedy bit to imagine. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it look. I'm not wishing death on anyone, but we can agree it would be funny. (laughs) I'm saying it was deeply sad when trained astronauts exploded in like the Columbia and the Challenger uh, and they were trained and ready and prepared. Uh, This was just some dude (laughs) going up. So like if any time for it to be funny, it would be now because they they're not heroes that barring. what was her name? Willie Wally Funk? Funk. Wally Funk. Barring Wally Funk, who unfortunately is just a bystander in this. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, by them having Wally Funk on the craft, like I said, they've robbed us of the humor. Much like when Trump got COVID, as I said, I'm not wishing harm on anyone, but we can admit it would be funny if a bunch of billionaires or two billionaires and the son of a billionaire uh, were on a craft thinking they could hack it and go to space without training and leave everyone behind after never paying taxes. And it blew up. Would be funny. Do I want to see it? No, but I can admit when things are funny. Yeah. Plus there's just been all this buildup. Yeah. Yeah. It's it really feels it's strange that it feels like a an anticlimax for them to have successfully gone to space. You think 
Do you think Bezos took any meetings that day? Like, what was the rest of his day? His, his morning, he, he goes up for 11 minutes to space, comes back down. Does he do any work for the rest of the day? I think he just goes, he goes back to his mansion, uh, his empty, empty mansion, because he got divorced by his alive girl wife. <laughs> and uh, he he goes back to his mansion. He sits in a room. He boots up the original Mass Effect and he a single tear rolls down his cheek and he says it's just not the same and yeah. he's he's just staring at the the blue chick he's just like welcome old shepherd <laughs> welcome old shepherd oh that's one true yeah. yeah why does it wait okay, hold on why did his spaceship look like a dick you know, a lot of spaceships do. There's a lot of liquid and solid fuel at the bottom that needs more storage than the part that people will it be It had in. a bulbous head. Yeah, that part I don't get. Like, other rockets, it's like, oh, it's the most aerodynamic shape. This one specifically isn't the most aerodynamic shape because... It's fat at the top. I like to imagine whoever designed the new Shepard was like, no, no, no. We're going to tell him we couldn't design it any other way. Yeah. I'd like, I, unfortunately, I have to kind of hand it to Sir Richard Bronson. At least his spaceship didn't look like a dick. Yeah, it looks a lot like a dick, actually, now that I'm looking at it. It looks tremendously like, especially like the, the dick spaceship... From Austin Powers. Yes, it looks exactly like the Dick Spaceship from Austin Powers. It's very close. It's so phallic. Like, it's... there. And for years, I've, like, defended the missile shape and rocket shapes. It's like, oh, no, it's a wedge through air. It's the most aerodynamic shape. But now it's kind of like, hold on. <laughs> That's just the penis. Yeah, it's, uh... I, I mean, for Richard Branson's credit, he understood that for space tourism, it makes the most sense to develop a space plane, a known concept for this kind of thing. And then Jeff Bezos was like, I want a big dick. I want it to look like a rocket. And the engineers were like, tell him that this is just how it looks. <laughs> Jeff Bezos comes in, he's like, can we make the head less bulbous? Like, no. Everyone would die if the head was less bulbous. And he's like, well, I do pay yeah. you $250,000 a year to tell me what to do. So he checks in with his Carmetic accountant and he's like, hey, you know, are they messing with me? And the Carmetic accountant's like, well, if it looked cool, you would die. <laughs> yeah, if it looked cool, you it would tick it over. Listen, R Richard Branson has done a lot of philanthropic work. He's a he's a fun, like self-deprecating guy and hasn't done a lot of really terrible stuff. Yes, his space plane can look cool. However, you are yeah. a union-busting weird dickhead who walks around in vests without sleeves and sunglasses, even though you have a dumb little turtle face. If your ship looked cool, instant death. You could have 10 Wally Funks on board and you would die. It's just the math. I'm sorry. You would die on the launch pad. You you would actually die closer to the Earth 
than sitting in the cockpit. It's just, we can't have you look cool. I want to be clear. If you make the ship look cool, the ship's not going to explode. You're going to to die of a penile aneurysm. Oh, God. (laughs) You're going to get a blood clot in your dick that travels to your brain, and you're going to die saying the word mommy (laughs) if you make (laughs) your ship look cool. And it will be filmed. And televised. Yeah, it'll be broadcast live. And I'm sorry, that's not me saying that. That's the equations. <laughs> he just says, look at the numbers, and he turns around like a like a massive, unbelievably complicated whiteboard. Right. That ends the, the end of the equation is is like a dead dead dick Bezos. <laughs> it's it's just a it's just a little skull in a vest. Yeah. With his weird different sized eyes you know we can say a lot about jeff bezos and we will yeah yeah but unfortunately he didn't get any type of he didn't get into any type of jam in space oh yeah i'm sorry what are you referring to he didn't run into any sort of like problems or troubles in space he didn't get into a jam in space i really don't get what you're trying to do all right, so like, so you take some grapes and you uh-huh. jam them into a jar, and that's grape jam. Okay, I think there's a few more steps involved for making grape jam. You fling that jam jar into space. I'm really not following. You have a space jam. Really not following. Space jam. <laughs> Space Jam, Space Jam, Space Jam, Space Jam. <laughs> space Jam, Space Jam, Space Jam, Space Jam. Is that Please don't doing? space my jam because you can. Uh, yeah, he didn't get in, he didn't get into a Space Jam, John. Uh, can we talk about something else? Okay. Uh, so we watched Space Jam over the weekend. What the fuck? <laughs> Where the fuck did you get that topic? I don't know. I just kind of pulled it out of the ether. I really, you know, I'm reaching for things to talk about. Oh, so you you pulled out some ether grapes and jammed them into a jar. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Now you get Uh, it. Yeah, we both watched Space Jam A New Legacy over the weekend. And boy, what the fuck? Boy, what a film. Oh, cinema at its peak for sure. Yeah, absolutely at its peak. It is uh, the most, uh, one of the most horrifying movies I've ever seen for a myriad of different reasons. Uh, Name one of them while you look up something. Uh, I would say the first one is the death of Lola Bunny's Big Naturals. Um, (laughs) God damn it! What the hell? No. no, no, it is absolutely not that, though. That is what conservatives latched on to. Uh, that's right. Conservatives want to latch on to Lola Bunny's Big Naturals, but uh, that is not particularly what I cared about. Uh, this is a, in many ways, some might describe it as a soulless cash grab, uh, and I might actually uh, be one of those people. Now, that's not to say that the original Space Jam was not a soulless cash grab. It was, but I was a mere fetus when I watched the first Space Jam, so I just enjoyed it. No, no, absolutely. Like, I, I remember watching Space Jam as a child, and I, I loved 
the Looney Tunes. Let me let me get let me set the record straight. I watched nothing but goddamn Looney Tunes all the goddamn time. I knew nothing of basketball. Yeah, you didn't know who <laughs> Michael Jordan was. You're like, what's this baseball player doing in here? I didn't know any of that, and I was like, oh, does he play baseball? And my dad was like, for a time he did, but we don't like to talk about it. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's accurate. People but don't that, like to talk about that. I have rewatched it as a, a, as an adult, and man, it just really doesn't hold up. And there's one line in particular that I can never find a quote of, but it's Wayne Knight's character, who's like my MJ's promoter and he's like grab your nikes eat your big macs like he just he says a long string of product placement in a row oh and it's it's not treated as a joke yeah it's absolutely it's it's a litany of everything that uh that michael jordan is sponsored by uh let me see hold on I found it. Oh, yeah. Come on, Michael. It's game time. It's game time. Get your hands on. Lace up your Nikes. Grab your Wheaties and your Gatorade. We'll pick up a Big Mac on the way to the ballpark. Incredible. Just incredible. So, so like, a joke maybe from the writers to the adults, but not like a ha-ha joke. More just like, look at the sad state of affairs. It was in the contract. It was in MJ's writer that all of these had to be said once and we put them all in the same sentence. Yeah, I I think that that is probably true. Uh, And it's difficult for me not to feel like this new Space Jam isn't a more, isn't a new, more soulless kind of cash grab. Because I too rewatch Space Jam. uh, Because like everyone, I watch the incredible uh, HBO documentary, The Last Dance, right after COVID started. Uh, and then, because that reawakened my love of mid-90s basketball, particularly the Chicago Bulls, uh, we went on to watch uh, Like Mike, White Men Can't Jump, and of course, Space Jam. Uh, and yes, Space Jam does not hold up, but it's still moderately entertaining and uh, inventive uh, artistically. But this new Space Jam just feels like, okay, old Space Jam never felt like they expected I was an idiot while I was watching it. Right. But this new Space Jam really, really feels like studios, or at least Warner Brothers, I guess, have given up on their audience. Yeah, no, I I get it. Because the first Space Jam had a very relatively straightforward premise. Uh, the aliens from Moron have a new attraction. They want to get the Looney Tunes to be in their zoo. And so they propose a game of basketball for the fate of the Tunes. And the Tunes rec- recruit Michael Jordan. And, and the Morons steal the talent of all of the, the most famous basketball players to get an advantage. And they play a game of basketball. And, and, like, that all fits in a sentence. <laughs> yeah, that all fits in a sentence. I would like to give you my best interpretation of what the plot of Space Jam, The New Legacy, is that what it's called? Yes, it's called uh, either The or A New Legacy. A New Legacy. It's just one of the many. <laughs> okay, well, I would like to give you my interpretation of what the plot of Space Jam, A New Legacy is. 
and that is uh, LeBron James liked video games when he was a kid, but his coach yelled at him. Now he's in... I said LeBron James, right? You did, yes. Okay, for some reason I forget about it. Uh, LeBron James liked video games when he was a kid. Coach yelled at him, can't do video games. Now he's an overbearing dad. His kid makes video games in an unbelievable virtual reality environment, seemingly making them for like a Nintendo Switch-like device. By the way, everything related to computers in this movie, and I'm not just saying this as a relatively technical, technically savvy person who's around computers, but like th- everything about computers in this movie is completely insulting to everyone who has ever used a computer in their entire life. Not least of all is this kid like scanning a tarantula with his phone and then it magically showing up in a game. Uh, whatever. It feels like it's a movie from the 90s with the degree of computer illiteracy it assumes people will have. Uh, kid makes video games. <laughs> it, okay, maybe I'm still in a sense. He's an overbearing father and his child makes video games and Warner Brothers has an algorithm played by Don Cheadle named Algie Rhythm, which by the way, they keep referring it to him as an algorithm and saying, now I'll show you what an algorithm can really do. Algorithms are just a set of instructions. Like algorithms just take an input and give an output. Algorithms are like a logical construction that live outside of computers. For some reason, they use algorithm to mean artificial intelligence in this movie. I hate it. Uh, Algorithm is jealous of LeBron James because they like him more than this Warner 3000 thing. And then they play basketball. No, <laughs> no, yeah, you're. I mean, yes. the The premise from this movie is so fucking complicated. I mean, the fact that we were able to describe the original Space Jam in so many words, and then I'd say charitably a quarter of the way through describing the plot of this new Space Jam, I've already brought in the idea of artificial <laughs> intelligence. <laughs> like, okay, it's got. Space Jam in it. So you know there's going to be a basketball game between Toons and some type of other squad. Like that's part of the premise. We are we that's a given. And that happens maybe an hour into the movie because first we have to he has his son, LeBron James's son and LeBron James get sucked into the server verse. Oh, yeah, the server verse. And they have to navigate through all of WB's properties, which are which are for some reason stored on servers. Yeah, everything about these properties are, are stored on a server, and they have to assemble a team by going to a, a series of relatively interesting uh, Warner Brothers worlds, including Game of Thrones, the, the DC animated universe. Yeah, that was such a weird one. Uh, however, at the end of all of this, it's just Looney Tunes that they get. They don't actually like this movie relishes the fact that it has access to everything WB has ever made. And it completely, totally squanders that opportunity at every turn. Yes, yes. Because at the end of the day, like Bugs has an agenda to get all the tunes back when there are other probably more better suited uh, basketball players in the extended universes and such. But all we get are like 
Oh, LeBron James is a Hufflepuff. Haha, <laughs> that's a joke. That's and a joke. He's a Hufflepuff. Rick and Morty's here. Rick and Morty puts Rick and Morty deposits Taz, the Tasmanian devil, on the ship, says, Here's your badger. And Taz proceeds to do fuck all in the movie. Taz, Taz, the most powerful Looney Tune of them all, does nothing. Does fuck all. They even set up like, Taz, don't spin. It's too powerful. You're going to spin the ship. Which is like, oh, that's a good moment. He's going to have to spin later on and save the day. Nope. Nope. This movie doesn't follow any storytelling conventions whatsoever. There are things that are foreshadowed, completely dropped. Things that come out of nowhere. Suddenly, Algae Rhythm, his like enemy squad could have been like evil versions of things from the server verse. So like, what if they got to fight fucking evil Superman? Right. He gets people from the NBA and the WNBA and suddenly turns them into monsters, which similar to the monsters in the original space jam, but completely unearned and weird, but also ripping off a Futurama, like Futurama did a spider playing basketball player before. I mean, like, come on. I mean, it's, just avoid the spider one and you're fine. Probably you're, you're fine. And uh, that sucked and was dumb. Uh, they, just, they, they really, <sighs> they missed every opportunity. Also, I saw a lot of people were pretty mad about the presence of Rick and Morty in this thing, but I have news for you guys. Uh, Rick and Morty has been sold out for years. Rick oh, and Morty's yeah. not cool. And it might no. be funny. I don't, I don't watch the show, but this has not been a cool thing to like for like four years. I watched the show because I'm invested within uh, just the whole Dan Harmon of it all. Uh, but no, Dan Harmon's like a, a multimillionaire now and bought a huge fucking house off of Rick and Morty money. He's, and a, they, he's a multimillionaire fiscal conservative now. Yeah. And they sell out at every possible turn. Like they do Wendy's commercials. They do Denny's commercials. They 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 shilled for PlayStation and like any other cool company they can. Elon Musk was in an episode. Like yeah. they've sold out more than one time. <laughs> there is no countercultural effect to one's enjoyment of Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty might be a good show. Uh, it was when I was watching it, but boy, it's like the least cool thing to like. Yeah, no, it's it's no longer counterculture, and it sold out immediately. Remember there was that somewhat viral Reddit thread where someone was talking about, like, only people with high intelligence watch Rick and Morty? <laughs> and that might have been ironic, and that was funny at the time, and the show is still fine. However, everyone, for the most part, everyone who who watches Rick and Morty now is kind of that guy who, yeah. who thinks they're enjoying something countercultural and intellectual when it's just a hardcore uh, sellout show. Uh, I don't mean to shit on Rick and Morty this much. I'm sure it's a fine show, but don't act like this is like, uh, I don't know, a, a precious thing. And being in space jam is the first time this show was sold out. Yeah, no, absolutely not. But just the audacity on WB's part, or I guess whoever made, whoever made the creative decision, Hey, this basketball game needs an audience we're gonna half of it is gonna be villains from the wb universe and also the iron giant for some reason yeah put (laughs) definitely put the iron giant in it a lot of them will be like 
I think that a lot of extras had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a Pennywise. There's the the penguin. There's a flying monkey from Wizard of Oz. There's actually like a mystery machine, and I actually saw a Daphne in the background. Every property you can think of is represented to be an audience for this game. But why? Yeah. Why? But what's why? What's really interesting, once again, this is one of those things that was dropped is in the beginning, because the game they're playing is uh, is Dom James, uh, Prince Dom's game that he made. And one of the things he shows his father is that there's like an audience and he says, oh, these are people who are tuning into my live stream of the game right now. And uh, LeBron James is like fascinated by the concept that people could be watching this thing happening on a computer in front of them. So clearly the script is written so when they bring an audience, the audience is tens of thousands of people tuning in to the live stream to watch the game. And it could just be like people or avatars or something. But instead... They're like, let's just pull in every fucking WB property we can possibly fucking imagine. Yeah. So so dropping that from the script, I'm sure, so that we can watch someone in a bad Pennywise the Clown outfit pretend to be shocked by a basketball game. I, I don't... The connected universes are neat, if done well. But I feel, and WB, like time and time again, has shown they want to do that, but they all they want to cram it into a single movie and not do the groundwork to establish it first. I mean, the only reason why the connected universe that exists within Marvel is effective is because it was a relatively new concept and it was done with a lot of tact. And I, I think that if you don't have a singular creative vision behind a lot of that stuff, and if you're letting these decisions be made by executives, you're just not going to get that. This is a point that we've covered on the podcast a lot is I guarantee you the like executives that are portrayed in this movie by Stephen Young and uh, Sarah Silverman uh, with them being like pretty oblivious people who kind of just want to do whatever makes the most money. Those are real people in real boardrooms who, whenever anything about this movie was pitched to them, they're like, can we put Pennywise in it? <laughs> um, what a Scoob. I don't know. Yeah. Listen, I was made creative interim director of the Scooby-Doo IP. I feel like Scoob's hot. Uh, Scoob was in theaters. A lot of people got COVID, but Scoob <laughs> was in theaters. And can we put can we put some Scoob in there? Can we get some Scoob? And then someone's like, "Listen, I am the acting vice president of the Iron Giant group, <laughs> and it's really un listen." I, I'll be the first to admit, Ready Player One, that was a big day for us. Oh, but it's, been a, the, it's I, been a while, so maybe we can get some Iron Giant in there. Was the Iron Giant in the movie Ready Player One? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I assumed he was. Wait, is is Ready Player One a WB property? Uh, You know, that's a good question. I think I read something about the Iron Giant being in Ready Player One. Um, hold on. 
Indeed, Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. So they they fucking get off on this. <laughs> they love to make bad movies set in virtual environments <laughs> full of properties. Is, I swear. Okay, so your creative director of WB, he he or she, don't want to be discriminatory here. They have a fetish for putting as much IPs together in the same scene as possible. I mean, it's a real shotgun approach to trying the cinematic universe thing out. Oh my god, this actually, this explains a lot. Because, like, one of the one of the biggest problems of, with this new Space Jam is, like, it's weaponizing nostalgia in a very ineffectual way. Like, it, it's grating to see all these properties bump up against each other in this very flimsy infrastructure of the serververse or whatever like the 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 premise doesn't hold the content it's showing us Mm -hmm. um but that also rings true for ready player one so they have experience doing this yeah they they definitely have experienced it's almost like uh from ready player one a lot of people were turned off by that as a concept so then they said Obviously, people didn't like it in Ready Player One because it was too nuanced. Right. <laughs> it was too subtle in Ready Player One, a, a, a book that has no subtlety at all. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm certain that whoever, whatever executives were privy to the meetings for Space Jam, every time one of their IPs was mentioned, they're like, when the mystery machine pulls up, can we stop the movie? And then can we call out that it's the mystery machine? And I'm sure the audience can't read too quick. So maybe keep a card saying that it's the mystery machine loaded with a <laughs> Scooby-Doo, Daphne, Velma, Fred, uh, and Shaggy, and leave that up for 20 seconds. Uh, and if we're going to do that, can we have some scenes that take place on the Warner Brothers lot with a totally unrelated C story? Uh, that's how you justify it. But I just we want to show approximately uh, eight ninths of the Scoob poster. Yeah, I want people to see. Listen, I don't want it to be Scoob. S-C-O-O. Because who knows what people could turn that into. Scoop? School? Scooter? I don't want that. No. Scooter? No. no. I don't I don't know how Photoshop works, and I don't want people to meme it. Right. I don't want people to meme it to say school or scooter. I don't get paid coo- for scooter. I don't get paid for scooter, but make coob. <laughs> can can we have a coob? Out. Just coob? I just want to float this out there. A coob. <laughs> Name me one word that has coob in it. You can't. You can't. So it's subtle. So people, they're going to know it's Scoob. I get my my money for promoting the movie that came out before COVID. And then uh, you, it's it's like it's like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I get to tell my team that this was a win. You get to have another property in your movie full of properties. I hear Iron Giant guy. He's he's a static in the boardroom. I'm so excited for him. Iron Giant yeah. has not had its day in court in a while. We got uh, so a sequel going. <laughs> that's a big win for him. But listen, we know Scoob makes us a lot of money. Scoob is our biggest property. We need Coob in the movie. <laughs> listen, I don't know how hashtags work, but I'm just saying right now. Hashtag Coob in the movie. Hashtag Coob. People are, people are hashtagging Coob. Next thing you know, oh, is there going to be a Coob sequel? Who knows? A Coob 2. Coob 2. More Coob. Anything's possible. You just need to put Coob in the movie. 
The weird. Okay, so they did Scoob, and I did. I never watched it, but I heard that Scoob was also kind of like a a Hanna Barbera verse launching point. WB, what? They just keep putting other properties together. They're just not learning. They're like, if we do it long enough and hard enough, eventually it'll work. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we're not cramming enough into these movies. That's the problem. We got to cram more of our IP into the same property. That's what makes it good. I mean, that's ostensibly what's going on in this movie is that they have no faith whatsoever in their audience. So they might truly believe, oh, our our connected universe things aren't taking off because we're not doing them strenuously enough. Right. Our dumb, dumb audience sees the Iron Giant and they're like, what's a Gundam doing here? <laughs> is there any way we can get him, like, can we brand him with the words the Iron Giant? <laughs> Listen, can we, I've never seen the original movie, but right. can we, can we make him shoot like a rocket? <laughs> Can, can we give a him a dunk? gun? Can we give him a gun? Can, can we give him a gun? <laughs> can he turn into a gun? He's a weapon, right? That's his whole thing. I I don't I didn't see the movie. He wants to kill, right? He's bloodthirsty. Yeah, he is. He's an iron giant. Can his catchphrase be "I am a weapon"? Can he? he I just in the background, not anywhere near Miss King James, as we like to call him here. Uh, not anywhere near him, but he, could he mouth, I am a weapon? <laughs> can he look at the camera and be in the, can he be out of focus in the background, constantly mouthing the words, I am a weapon? Now, I understand in in, uh, in King James and Mr. James Ryder that uh, he said, and I quote, don't let any of those fucking Muppets touch me. Uh, and we... <laughs> We inferred that to mean he doesn't want any of the CGI characters near him. I hear you're doing a lot of things for the Koob team, and that's great. (laughs) That's great. I just want one 10-second lingering shot on the Iron Giant where he looks right into the camera and says, what's going on in Israel is very complicated. Can we get that? It's very complicated. And also... Uh, you know, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth. I know the Koob guy was just in here, uh, but if we could put like I don't know an Israeli flag on the mystery machine, is that all right? I don't want us to take a side. I just want to show that we're capable of taking sides. <laughs> I want to show that if we were properly incentivized, we could take a side. Did I say was Alexander Skarsgård in here? Is he gonna be the Pennywise? <laughs> Is he? Does how does he feel about it? You know the situation. It's so complicated. And then the Pennywise team is just like they don't speak. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, okay, clown and movie, clown and movie. We got it. <laughs> Everyone, everyone, clown and movie. And then they all nod in unison, and their eyes go in different directions. And then the next day on Craigslist, need clown for movie. <laughs> Need clown for movie, and the the amount of money is listed as a dollar sign, followed by the word "pay you." <laughs> oh, I just I want to see the script. Oh, I almost believe there wasn't one. Right. I want to see the treatment then. 
Yeah. That's what, that's what they say when there's no script. I'm just looking forward to the novelization. Right. I want to see how, uh, yeah, a, a dedicated movie novelist translates the scores and scores of WB properties, most of which are blurry and out of frame, but are recognizable just enough to be like, I think that's that character. I want to see how they handle that. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> the prose is beautiful. It says uh, LeBron James uh, jumps through the air, hits a power up and hits a slam dunk. And then the penguin in his little baby diaper suit <laughs> gets real excited and jumps up and down. And then Bugs Bunny says, what's up, Doc? Oh, man. What a shitty movie. Not just, I don't, I never like to really poo-poo art because I know a lot of people worked really hard to make Space Jam A slash the new legacy. Uh, <laughs> but I can poo-poo art for coming from a bad, cynical, harmful place of which I think this new Space Jam most certainly does. Yeah, I, I mean, if this were happening in a vacuum... I would pull my punches a little bit more, but we, we've already established they did this same thing in Ready Player One, and Scoob was kind of like a very mini version of this, and WB has been trying to push the, the, the multiverse for the DC properties that they own since DC movies started being made. They just don't learn. <laughs> no, we, I think we've talked about this a couple times, the concept that they may learn and change their ways and actually uh, reassess how to approach a connected cinematic universe. And uh, I think that they've clearly shown that they have no interest in doing so. No, the, what whoever is behind their, their, like their marketing and is doing the research and they keep saying, no, nostalgia is good. Nostalgia is in weaponize it for money. And so they keep doing that to huge swathing set pieces, uh, but it's just not the the hand that that's that's penning the, these pieces or, or setting these pieces in the action uh, is not deft enough. It's more of like a heavy handed fist. Yeah, there there's no effort at uh, at nuance or meeting the audience where they're at. It's very cynical. It's very mean to their audience. But it was pretty lit when Porky Pig did a rap. To oh, the man. computer, to rap epic rap battles oh. of history. My toddler, listen, I have seven kids. My toddler watches this epic rap battles of history on the iPad for six, seven hours a day. <laughs> Can we have Porky Pig? Oh, I'm. My God. I'm a chief acting president of the Porky Pig Foundation. Can we have Porky Pig rap? Yeah. Can he break through the stutter and rap? Can Porky Pig be voiced by Drake? <laughs> I know, I know he's got that thing where he's like, gibbity, gibbity, give me the money or whatever. But can he be voiced by Drake? Uh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Porky Pig has to be voiced by the same person who does all the Looney Tune voices. Uh, it's all They're all done by one person. If we get Porky Pig to be voiced by Drake, we can get him any 17-year-old he wants. Oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, one guy voices all the Looney Tunes? Yeah, I'm looking them up right now to give him proper credit because 
beyond the you know he's not responsible for the writing at all uh but he 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 is a, a prominent voice actor who just does every single looney tunes voice and his name uh scrolling is uh jeff bergman oh congrats jeff bergman that's uh not easy uh i lied oh no <laughs> is this the right movie it is the right movie okay uh jeff bergman does half of them and uh, Eric, oh no, Eric Boaz, Bo, Bo, Boza, B-A-U-Z-A. Oh, so it's two people? Two people voice all of the Looney Tunes. Okay, who's got Taz? Uh, that is a third person. Shut up! <laughs> no. Okay, hold on. So One, they're not all voiced two, by the same guy. Three, four. Five, six, seven. Seven people voice the Looney Tunes, but two of them have more than five. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, they all sleep in the same bed, so they're basically... Oh, Gabriel Iglesias was Speedy Gonzalez. That's good. Actually getting a person. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot to say about Speedy Gonzalez, but it's good that uh, they get Gabriel Iglesias to do that. And who could forget Zendaya, Zendaya voiced Lola Bunny. Ah, uh, yes. Lola Bunny. I also have things to say about Lola Bunny in this Look, movie, but we we don't have enough time for that. We don't have the time, much like Space Jam, uh, didn't have enough time to make the Looney Tunes real characters or give them lines. Uh, yes. Uh, yep. But Granny was in the Matrix. That red-hot property, the Matrix... Combined with that red hot Looney Tune that everyone loves, yep. Granny, Grandma. And who is paired with Speedy Gonzalez, you know, that classic, that classic duo. Classic pairing. Uh, you know, none of the classic pairings were honored, really, other than Sylvester's spit up Tweety Bird, which was horrifying. Real horrifying. There wasn't a lot of Tweety Bird in this movie. Tweety Bird, of course, featured prominently uh, in the original Space Jam, but it was a different time. Tweety Bird was much hotter in the 90s. Yeah. Tweety Bird, of course, voiced by uh, Bob Bergen. Wait. Didn't you say the first guy was Bob Bergen? <laughs> No, the first guy's name was Jeff Bergman. Oh, what the fuck? Bergen and Bergman or Bergman They're... and Bergman? Okay, no. Bergman and Bergen. You know, I think these are just synonyms for the same person. Uh, anyway, all of this is to say Space Jam is redeemed. Space Jam A New Legacy is redeemed by one shining moment in the middle of the basketball game, which I will refuse to spoil. I truly don't know what you're talking about. We'll take it offline. We'll take it offline. Take it from us. Space Jam A slash The New Legacy. Skip it! Yeah, pretty much. Don't. So why am I, why am I being precious <laughs> with this scene? No, that I like? don't spoil it, because some people are probably going to watch it. I watched it because I loved Space Jam as a kid. But uh, skip it if you can. <laughs> It's not good. It was not a good use of our time. Yeah, eventually we got to have you guys over to watch a good movie. Yeah, the first time we were over recently was to watch Mortal Kombat, which was okay. Yeah, I'd say as far as Mortal Kombat movies go, uh, in the top 50%. Is your house the bad movie house? I don't want it to be. It's already the Mosquito Swamp House. Oh, no, no, your, your backyard was relatively wet. 
dry the last time <laughs> yeah, this past weekend. Yeah, it wasn't. We got rid of a lot of ants and the backyard has dried out a lot. Mosquitoes aren't as bad as they used to be. Yeah, no, it's, it's been a real improvement. Thank you for having me. Uh, sorry about me. <laughs> well, you know, we understand. Why is anyone my friend is the real question I have to ask. That's what we all have to ask ourselves every day. And uh, if you want to ask us questions, I edit this week. Oh, shit. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, here's what... Uh, this took me totally off guard. If you want uh, <laughs> to get at us, much as mosquitoes have been getting at us, uh, they bite my girlfriend's hands. Uh, she tries to hide her legs, but the hands escape the covers. They bite in the night. There's this episode of the X-Files called Darkness Falls about bugs that uh, eat the blood of people in the night. And that's what we're experiencing. Our life is an X-File and your life too can be an X-File on Twitter uh, by sending us your X-File to at WHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for Henry. Zendaya creatively portrays cartoon wiggly hairy jumps. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, if you want to uh, hairily jump at us, uh, you can do so via email to email at zerocredits.net. The forwarder is working. I'm also about <laughs> to... Uh, <laughs> I'm also about to uh, update my hosting plan for personal reasons. That's right, I'm creating my own competitor to Pornhub. Why? Listen, there's a a market out there. I'm not going to get into it. We'll take it offline. Uh, But it is called Pornhub Caps. I am creating my own website, updating the hosting plan, which means we will have more space and speed on zerocredits.net for all your needs. Uh, we are on Spotify. Uh, search for Zero Credits on the podcast section of Spotify. We're there, and most of our listens come from there. Uh, is there anything else we're on before I get to Apple? Are we on anything else? I mean, you can use any podcast scraper to find us, so we're at, like on Podcast Addict. Anything but Stitcher. Anything but Stitcher. Uh, good Alternative to Stitcher is, of course, Apple Podcast. Uh, search for Zero Credits Podcast on the Apple Podcast. Uh, one of the best ways for people to learn about the show is for you to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcast. This is becoming increasingly less true with the proliferation of other podcast listening networks. So if you can do that shit on Spotify, please do. But the best way that other people can learn about our show is by you flapping your little gums at them that's right you uh you uh you buy some gums you flap them. people i don't know where i'm going with that tell people about our show because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive and now that we can all meet in person again hold on wait we are rapidly approaching stage three and four uh in in austin uh damn you delta variant uh, I am your friends. You do things that are safe, follow CDC guidelines. And I believe the most recent CDC guideline is that you should tell all of your friends about the Zero Credits podcast or you'll get COVID. Not true. What the fuck? Uh, so tell your friends about the Zero Credits podcast or you'll get COVID. Uh, parody. 
parody. Uh, follow the real CDC guidelines, please. And uh, from all of us here at the Zero Credits Paramedic Ward, we want to wish you a safe and happy week. Be safe. Be happy. Or else. Goodbye. <laughs> be safe Bye. or else. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>